0: Hey Graham Hello David How's it going? I'm doing pretty good How are you? I have a question for you Oh I see Not answering the question Okay Do you Do you wanna
1: No it's fine It's fine Do you
0: want... fine. Should we start over You wanna do this again Or like Okay What did The fisherman Say To the magician uh,
1: I don't know Pick a cod Any cod Oh no Oh no That's the joke You're going with <laughs> Yep
0: yeah. I found it. It's a joke. I found. Oh, no!
1: Um, <laughs> Get you, it? Get you th- it? Because a cod caught magician. Yes, with um, a dragon. He flipped it on him. You see how he flipped it on oh, him? No. Um, I, I'm going to give that a two, and uh, fair. and I think that's what it deserves. <laughs> but uh, two out of two,
0: right? Like if the scoring was. Let's let's
1: move on. Um, so, David. <laughs> okay. Yes. Someone uh, recently broke into my house and stole all of my fruit. Yeah, was it a fisherman? I am peachless. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad, but is it as bad as yours? This is the this is like a race to the bottom of the barrel here. Peach barrel, y-
0: cod barrel. You know what's happening right now? No, I'm I'm speechless. Oh, you're peachless. Yeah, I'm speechless. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you make that up? I did not. Did you get it from a child? No. It's a two. <laughs> We tied. Good job. Yeah, we did it. High five. We did it. You know what? Enough of the nonsense. Let's get on with the nonsense. Those are real bad. Welcome back to Witty Windle, a whimsical interactive show for kids who love stories, words, and groan-worthy jokes like the ones you just heard, featuring your favorite authors and illustrators. It's part book club, part game show. It's your weekly adventure through the wild world of wordplay. And because we are doing Norton Justers, The Phantom
1: Tollbooth, it's extra wordplay. Extra wordplayish. Yeah, extra wordplayish. I'm David Kern, and I am the Duke of Definition, the Minister of Meaning, the Earl of Essence, the Count of Connotation, and the Undersecretary of Understanding graham Pittman,
0: <laughs> when did you get a, get all those titles when did you acquire those titles uh just today oh well, what a day i know you acquired all those titles I, and you're recording with me
1: and i and i found that terrible joke <laughs> it's a trifecta <laughs> the, tri- <laughs> <laughs> the trifecta
0: of nonsense uh, <laughs> you know, yes it the was, trifecta of nonsense it was right it was there right there yeah, yeah I, I just that's my hit swinging a baseball bat sound effect oh, <laughs> i
1: thought it was a golf club you could be playing baseball with the golf club. True, That'd be even that's more true. Nonsensical. That's, that's
0: true. We did all the nonsense we can get. We are here, here on the third, the threeth episode, the third episode of season three of Withy Windle, Thre- and our threeth of the three threeth of the three threeth of Withy Windle, and our guest this week is Graham Pittman. His name is Remy Wilkins. Remy Wilkins is our guest. He's the author of books like Hush Hush. That's his most recent book, and. Strays was his first book, and Mm -hmm. we are going to be talking to him in a little bit. Of course, at the end of the show, we are going to give the answer to last week's riddle. We're going to give you a new riddle, as we do. And before that, we are going to talk about the Phantom 12 booth a little bit. We're going to dive into some wordplay. Yeah. We're going to talk about that kind of thing. Before that, we're going to do lazy words. Yeah. But before that, we got to do the segment we are on right now. Graham, what is the first segment of Withy Wendell?
1: Snack time! Snack time! What are we eating this week? So, I brought um, some Zaps brand Cajun dill gator taters. I feel like... Which are chips. Gator
0: taters. Mm -hmm. Should be something we eat every episode. Gator taters. I'm just gonna... Sorry for the crinkling. I'm just gonna eat
1: one here. Mmm. Oh, no. I was gonna ask what the verdict is, but I see by your face... It is higher than the jokes. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're delicious. They are delicious. Zaps. If you're gonna go for an old school uh, brand of chips, go zaps. Don't go uts. Go zaps. Is this an ad read right now? Or you... <laughs> <laughs> so This uh, is just us being enthusiastic about a snack read. I don't like. want to be smirch Utz. They're a fine uh, potato chip. Uh th- clutz. Ch- I'd say clutz. They're a fine potato chip company. <laughs> um but they're no zaps. Zaps to the top of the chip rankings. They, Is, they're near the top. Yeah, they if are. If not the, the presiding over the whole thing. All, all the chip, um, chip land. They make just the, the most outlandish flavors that seem to be turned up to 11.
0: <laughs> I don't know if that's a, that's a phrase that kids who are listening to this are going to understand.
1: Well, they better learn it because it's, now it's going to be Zaps' new <laughs> uh, catchphrase. Chips turned up to 11. Yes.
0: Zaps. Get in touch with us. We will yep. sell that to you for yeah. a small amount of money. I was going to say, let them have it. I like sell that to you <laughs> for a lot small better. amount of money. A for a small better. amount of money. Yeah. Okay. We also are eating um, Haribo sour gummy bears. Now, a little preview of a future episode: Haribo gummy bears are going to show up on a future interview with an author. Oh, interesting. There was an author that when we interviewed this person, it's yeah. already the interview's already ready to go. Tell me more. Said that they eat a lot of Haribo gummy bears. Fascinating. And so I thought, hmm, Haribo gummy bears. So I went and bought some.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. I, mean, I don't know
0: that is that Can you consider it thinking when you think, I want Haribo gummy bears? Is that thought or what is you're that? You're thinking with your belly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. It was belly thought. Yeah. Belly thoughts. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, and since it is so close to Easter, I brought a special uh, <gasps> treat that I'm going to reveal. You haven't seen this yet. I'm going to slam it down on the desk.
0: Boom. Peeps! <laughs> Do you like Peeps? Who does? Da- I mean, I know people don't like Peeps.
1: Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Peeps are... Uh, peeps are once a year. Peep, I like them once a year. Peeps are a confounding confection, I would say. See, you're really earning that title tonight. Confounding
0: Confection. I don't know which title that falls under, but one of the titles you earned uh-huh, it's uh-huh. clearly because you're using phrases like confounding confections.
1: Yes, uh, that was uh, probably the minister of meaning. <laughs>
0: right, yeah. Uh, that pro- was that one. Pro- probably. Uh,
1: <laughs> they are a confounding confection to me, along with NECA wafers and candy corn. They are a candy or a treat I don't really like. But I will eat a lot of them. <laughs> and it doesn't make sense to me. That's why it's confounding. So one
0: thing I'm confounded by right now mm-hmm. is I'm standing here. And actually, I'm not standing here. I'm sitting here holding these peeps. Yes. I count four peeps. Correct. There's a yellow peep, a green peep, a pink peep. Pink peep. Is
1: you know what, uh, and a blue peep. You know what people would call that? What? Not enough peeps. <laughs> Some people would.
0: <laughs> but I'm confused because uh-huh. it's like
1: a peep, peep pop.
0: Yep. Because there's just four peeps on squished a, onto a stick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're looking at me for explanation? I'm I, No, uh, I'm making an observation. Okay, <laughs> I don't have the explanation. I, I, too, made the observation and just let it go. You just let it ride. So I'm not exactly 100% sure why. You let it ride like these four peeps are riding the stick. <laughs> so they put... They're riding the rail. <laughs> they put four peeps on a stick and are now selling it as some sort of marshmallow lollipop? I don't it know. It says on the packaging, peep pops. A Peep's Pop. Sometimes companies just mix it up just for fun and doesn't need to...
0: You know, it is a marshmallow, no so maybe the idea is it's like recreating a s'mores through without chocolate. You stick it on the end of a stick and then...
1: No, I don't think you, you know, to, okay. like
0: that. I don't like you know why I'm, I don't know why I'm trying to come up with an explanation for Peep's Pops. Peep's Pops. Do you
1: have a favorite Easter candy?
0: Starburst jelly beans.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I didn't even consider those. Do you? Uh, I like a
0: Cadbury egg. Cadbury's good but I the thing is I don't like the Cadburys you get here as much as you
1: can get like in other countries. No like the the egg with the cream inside it that that's different. Yeah, it's, I think they're different here. Well, I do, I think I like the little eggs too that have like a candy coating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: My grandmother, there's this place up in Wisconsin. My grandmother would used to send us every year these eggs that were like the size of our heads and they were mm-hmm. like fudge chocolate eggs. Oh man. And they were so good and you would have to we would each get one. And it's basically the size of a football. And you're saying she sent these across the ocean. No, no. well, she sent them from Wisconsin. I'm not sure about you. Do we need to talk about do it some geography here? Maybe. Unless she sent them from Wisconsin to japan and then yep. i came back here well i don't know I hadn't how mail cons- works i hadn't considered that well sometime we'll have to do like a mr rogers episode where we bring a mailman on to talk to us instead of an <laughs> author <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> um, maybe there's an author who's also a mailman we'll find them if, if it's our new mission in life um besides eating these peeps and and, and uh this other snacks so we're gonna take a second here and we're gonna eat some snacks we're gonna Eat some peep pops. And then uh, we'll be back to talk about some lazy words. All right. We are back with
1: lazy words. Lazy words. So as you'll recall, this is the segment where we identify a word every week that we think is lazy now it doesn 't have to do necessarily with laziness or anything like that. We think that whoever named this object, this particular word was being kind of lazy but they weren 't working hard. they like just they just gave up. yeah, there was no creativity. so far we have done fireplace, which was last week, yeah and uh, the time before that was roller coaster you got it. We think those words are pretty lazy, so what you guys came up with. Better
0: yeah, so, so we words. people emailed in what
1: they thought was a better word for fireplace. Oh, yes. So Bridget thinks it should be called shaky warmth. <laughs> shaky. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, Luke thinks it be, should be called the
0: heat bomb. <laughs> <laughs> These are good. These are good. Much better than and fireplace. Ava
1: thinks it should be called the warmth box. Again, just better. Caleb thinks it should be called the Burning Broom because the fire kind of looks like the broom uh, oh, okay. at the bottom yeah. of it, only turned upside down. Okay, uh,
0: that's fun. These kids are creative. And remember, if you want to send in uh, a suggestion for a future lazy word, such as the word today, which Graham's going to share with us in just a second, then you can email us at podcast at goldberrybooks.com. Once again, that is podcasts, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at goldberrybooks. Dot com. Graham, what is this week's
1: lazy word? This week's is a good one. All right, you mean because it's lazy? <laughs> it's it's so extra lazy. L- it's so lazy. What is it? Okay, David, let's say um, you're, you're outside walking uh, and it's nighttime.
0: I do this once a year.
1: You, you, you have your annual nighttime walk? I have an annual nighttime walk. Oh, the night walk. The night walk, yeah. 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 Doesn't anyone, you, everyone have an annual night walk? Where you blindfold yourself as well <laughs> and walk into the woods.
0: Extra, extra, extra dark, yes. yes. Yeah.
1: Just to see where you'll end up. Right. If you were to I'm take that... I'm confused. Why do you seem confused about this? No, I was just remembering. <laughs> okay. So if you were to take that blindfold off... Yes. And stare up at the sky... Yes. You would not see a nice, you know, blue sky with clouds. Yeah. You would be looking into... What? The night sky. Yes, but what are you seeing? The darkness. Up there? Nothing. Yes, yes. What's what? What is the big darkness with with all the stars? What What is that called? Where maybe a rocket ship might zoom into space. these... space? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> the lazy word is space. So you know, this is a great point. The the uh, the unexplored, uh, <laughs> in, incredible, unimaginable heavens up there we have decided to call space you know just 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 another you know space it's not here but it's a space that's up there uh i find this word very lazy and and kind of insulting Um, and i don't don't know what is it it's just space i don't know it's not inner space let's call it outer space (laughs) there's got to be a better word for for the incredible uh, a thing that includes our solar system, the, our galaxy, all the galaxy, the whole universe up there that we see—we just we just call it space. It's just
0: a, it's just space. it's just some it's just space. space. It's like a closet. I don't it's know. Just some space. You like throw something in the corner.
1: You want to workshop some some new uh, some new words, some well, new titles we might bestow on this wonderful, incredible, magnificent thing. Okay, so what about Sparkle Dark? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sparkle dark. That's a little belittling as well. Um, spark- <laughs> uh,
0: I mean just like I mean even like Starhouse is better than, even Star <laughs> than House, space. Yeah. Uh, I think that probably um every week I'm just gonna say something like uh can can the word just be uh like flibbermag flibberma or something like that? It and could like, be. That's probably still it's, gonna be better than whatever the it, lazy word is.
1: It's better than space.
0: Um the the so the thing about space is there's so much out there. There's a
1: lot of space. So it
0: could there's a lot of space Which out is there. Which is
1: probably what somebody was thinking when they decided to call it space. Star range. The star range? That's good.
0: Because um, you, you got the
1: stars, you got the planets, you got uh asteroids. Or you, or you could go black like, holes. Or you could go mysterious and just say the uninhabitable zone. Oh. Uh.
0: Anyway, the end zone. <laughs>
1: the end zone. <laughs> the edge. Children's kids. You. Yeah. Have,
0: you. Children's have, is already there's, there's two plurals in the word children's. I know. You should I just go with children. I was
1: trying to be funny.
0: Oh, okay. Got but it. Thanks
1: for pointing that out. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you have a better. You have a better word than space. Tell us what we should call. I'm not sure
0: they can do better than Sparkle Dark, but.
1: <laughs> give it a chance Give it a they try They can yeah. They can Tell <laughs> us what you would call The magnificent heavens above uh, That include All, all of everything to Include But we've decided All, to call all of this
0: stuff We just It's just the space Where we put all the stuff Alright so podcast at Goldberrybooks.com Is where you can send in Your suggestions For something better than Space You've said the email Twice so far should I not have done that. That's great. I didn't know you knew it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, with that, we've come to the end of lazy words, which brings us to. Uh, it's going to bring us to book time. We, we, you don't have to keep being lazy. Oh, I don't. Okay. I don't have to. No. Okay. So when that segment's over, I can stop being lazy. Correct. My parents should have told me that when
1: I was like ten. <laughs> I don't think they knew about this segment, but let, yeah, let's move on. Book, okay. All right. Book time.
0: Book time. All right. Well, we are back. We have eaten all of the peeps pops Um, we've eaten a lot of the gator taters and it is time for book time this is the time when we talk about Norton Justers the Phantom Tollbooth
1: Graham how are you feeling about the Phantom Tollbooth hey David yeah did you know oh boy that we have a special sponsor we do for this specific segment
0: just for this one
1: Uh, yeah oh I did not know that Uh, this is a surprise to me too guys Are you ready to hear it? I would love to hear it. I'm on the edge of my seat. We all know the feeling. Which one? That feeling of confusion.
0: Oh, yeah, I definitely
1: know that. Is what I found on the ground a stick? Or is it something else entirely? I know it might look like a stick, and, okay. and feel okay. like a stick, and smell like a stick, and taste like a stick. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but how can you be sure? I, I always knew it. I knew you ate sticks. I knew it. <laughs> how can you be sure? No, this is not me. This oh, is oh, the oh. Ed. Yeah. Oh, okay, I got it. Okay, but I still knew it. So, how can you be sure? And how embarrassing would it be if you showed somebody this cool stick you found, but it turns out it was just a dried up earthworm the whole time. (laughs) Given that you're eating it, that'd be pretty weird. Well, wonder no longer. From the makers of Hamster Garage, (laughs) comes Certified Stick. (laughs) Send us whatever bric-a-brac you find, and we will confirm whether or not it is indeed a stick. We put it through a rigorous 100-point inspection mm, uh-huh. before it gets our stamp of approval. Walking sticks, brooms, pickup sticks, normal sticks. We certify them all. What
0: about drumsticks? Yeah, drumsticks. What about breadsticks? Oh, I, I, yeah. What about pretzel sticks?
1: Pretzel stick, they'll do it. Really? Just Literally any kind of stick. Any stick, they'll certify. That's a 100-point inspection, it says on this piece of paper. Oh. Wow. Just listen to this satisfied customer. Okay. Turns out it was a stick.
0: <laughs> who who said it though?
1: Jerry uh, Joshua? <laughs> Joshua. Jerry Joshua? Jerry. Jer- <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, thanks. I forgot to read the name. Uh, uh, not convinced. Here's another one. When I was in the Ozarks, I found this stick, but wasn't quite sure it was a stick. So I sent it to Certified Stick, and it turns out it was my own arm. <laughs> Thanks, Certified Stick. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That one's anonymous. (laughs) By anonymous, you mean yourself. Moving on. Um, <laughs> ready to get your stickish object certified? I'm going to keep this up. Like when I'm walking in the woods in the night walk. Yeah. I might need this. Are you ready? To get, I'm ready. How do I ready? do it? Just send your stick to the address on the screen via Pony Express, Pigeon Express, or Email Express today. Is it expensive? Yes. Is it worth it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what screen? It's a podcast. <laughs> But can't you just tell what a stick is by common sense, you ask? Be quiet, Jeffrey. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> if it's not a certified stick, it could be anything. I can just imagine
0: the certified stick people in a meeting writing that, that ad, and Jeffrey kept interjecting and saying what he said there, and they kicked yeah. him out. They just said, be quiet, Jeffrey. Threw him out the window. Threw, threw out the window. First floor? Or like, What's the scenario here?
1: It's a stick building, so probably they didn't build too high. Yeah, true, true. It's probably going to blow <laughs> away. Floor. I like that tagline at the end. Remember if it's not a certified stick, could be anything. It's, it's kind of ominous. It's true. It's true. Could be a black hole. So thank you to Certified Stick uh for sponsoring this segment.
0: So they also are the creators of Hamster Garage? Yeah. <laughs> they You know what I like they get about around. them? I w- around. <laughs> that because hamsters going wheels was that, a, go. was that a hamster trick so the the thing that i like about them is that they they really try things like they're trying a variety of interesting products yeah. uh, and
1: the, they have the budget to, to, to do ads. whatever they want yeah. yeah yeah i do appreciate that too so there must be selling a, a few i know i know um i've got sticks all over my house i'd love to get them certified you know so when people come over they're like is that a stick or what is that And be like well, look at look at the stamp on it right and sometimes you might want to build a fire
0: yeah And you don't want to just like throw anything in the fire You yeah. don't want to throw certified
1: sticks Yeah, if I throw in something I think is a stick Like and your turn- arm Yeah, or, or, it's a, or if something that sounds like stick But it turns out to be a brick Oh, I'm in trouble yeah. I just threw a brick into a fire Or like a jar of gasoline Yeah, you. Yeah. I would, I've sent so many jars of things into certified stick <laughs> How long did it take them to get back to you? As uh, seven to 12 months. Oh, well, well, worth it, the wait. it's a hundred point
0: certification process, it's so very, it's, very it's very, very rigorous, very expensive. Um, okay, book time. It's time to talk about the Phantom 12 booth by Norton and Juster. We're talking about chapters three and 4, threeth and fourth chapters. Mm. Graham, what are these chapters called?
1: Chapter three th- is called uh, Welcome to Dictionopolis, and the chapter the fourth it's called Confusion in the Marketplace. Do you, do you want to give a quick, like, I don't know, just a brief summary of what happens in these
0: two chapters? Because then I've got a question for you. Yeah. That I think would, would would you know, is appropriate for this little podcast that we do here.
1: Sure. So Milo is continuing on his journey. We saw in the last chapter, chapter two, that he picked up the watchdog. And the watchdog helped him get out of the doldrums mm. uh, because Milo had to start thinking. Um. And then, so they're on their way uh, to Dictionopolis, but before that, he learns why the watchdog, uh, or how the watchdog got his name, <laughs> which is Talk, even though he ticks. But
0: um, his brother was named Talk, yeah. or Tick, even though he
1: talks. <sighs> yeah, so confusing. And so they're on their way to Dictionopolis, uh, and they get there, and um, Milo is just kind of amazed looking around, seeing all sorts of strange things like the Gateman. Who demands a reason for him to enter, and Milo doesn't have a reason, so he's like, well, do you have an excuse, or, you know, like, what? And then he goes and um, gets him a reason. He go, goes and gets him a reason, which is, why not? Why not? Why not? Like, it a, it, and I like that the why not's on, like, a little medallion that he puts <laughs> around, around his, his neck. Yeah, like, now you can go in. Uh, <laughs> and then in there, he meets, uh, as as we've already kind of introduced earlier, the Duke of Definition, the Minister of Meaning. He met you? Uh, yeah, it really wasn't me, it was these guys. Oh, you were, uh, yeah, who's who who all kind of say the same thing but use different words. What's that called? Do you know what that's called? A synonym. Oh, (laughs) I did know that. So he's a little, um, perplexed at all this, and the watchdog just seems kind of harumphed at all this. He does really, that's a good synonym for harumphed. Um, nonplussed non- that's a great
0: word yeah what a word let's just end the show with that that's a great word <laughs> yeah nonplussed, nonplussed is, is a, good word. a good word
1: uh and then they make it to the marketplace uh and inside the marketplace it's a um the place where you can buy words a place where you can buy words and again milo's kind of digging it he's 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 liking all of this um and he sees some some words he really wants, like quagmire and flabbergast and upholstery. But he realizes he doesn't have enough money to buy them, so he has to, kind of has to leave them there. Um, and then there's like a do-it-yourself bin of words, uh, uh, a bin of letters to right. make your own words, which are yeah. a little cheaper. But even then, he can't really buy them. Uh, and again... And then there's the spelling bee. Talk is like, yeah he's, he's just not impressed. Um, yeah, and the spelling bee comes. Uh, and then the uh oh what's the bug's name? Everybody yell it at me humbug oh that's right Bah, humbug. The humbug comes, and the humbug and the spelling bee get into a fight, and they knock over lots of things inside the marketplace, and that is where the chapter ends. The bug sprawled untidily on a mound of squash letters and talk. his
0: arm, his alarm ringing persistently was buried under a pile of words it
1: 's just chaos. <laughs>
0: Okay, so I've got a question for you. At the end of this chapter, talk is buried under a pile of words. Alarm blaring. If you were buried under a pile of words, Mm. what words would you least want to be buried under?
1: Oh, this is good. Okay, so let's I'm immediately breaking it down into letters. Okay. So the sharpest letter that I could think of would kinda probably be the X. Um yeah, X, Z, Q. Well, the Q's got the round... Like, if a Q landed on you upside down...
0: That's true, you'd be fine. You but just have to X, avoid the little... If an X Q. landed
1: any way... That's you true. you getting two points. That's true. So, if a lot of X words... Yeah, T I'm is kind down. of, like, would be a tough because one, T too. T would be rough. Unless all these words were cursive. Yeah, um, that
0: does change things. That changes things. It softens the edges. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, what, what words would you not want to be buried under... Um, extraterrestrial, mm, see X's, L, T's. X's yeah.
0: T's, even the S's potentially, and then uh, ubiquitous was one I thought of. Yeah, there's a Q there, so if it's the right you...
1: ubiquitous,
0: use got you get the, t- the. It just depends on. See, here's the thing: the U and the Q are sharp on different ends, so one way or the other, unless they all get. Like, unless you get lucky, mm-hmm. you're getting poked by one of them. And then also, I imagine U's and Q's
1: and B's would be heavy letters. Oh, I agree with that. You know what the best words to be buried under might be? Onomatopoeias. Now, hear me Go out. on. Hear me out. Crash and bang and smash and buzz. buzz those would hurt, I feel like. But they would create such, like, a commotion that people would notice that you're buried over there.
0: That's a great— Like, it'd be very loud. It's true. You'd so. want to be rescued, because if mm. you don't have an alarm-like talk, then yeah. no one would know, like, that you're buried under all these letters. This is true. What onomatopoeia—we should just review what that is, like, for, for the kids.
1: Onomatopoeia is a word where the sounds of the word almost define the word. Buzz. Buzz. Smash. It's The word smash sounds like— Smash. Sounds like you're
0: smashing something. Smashing things together. You're Yelp. smashing.
1: Yelp! <laughs> Yoink!
0: <laughs> Yoink. Okay, but this, this chapter also got me thinking, not just about what words I'd least want to be buried under, but also what. So he, he's going, he has to buy words, right?
1: Well, that it seems to be the point of the word market, yes.
0: Do you. What are your favorite words? Like you go into a word market, what are the words you're looking for first? What are some of your favorite words just in the English language? Or I suppose you could do it in a different language if you want.
1: Well, he's he sees quagmire, flabbergast, and upholstery. And those are three strong contenders. Uh, but have you heard of the word nonplussed? <laughs> no. <laughs> tell me more. Good word. Strong good word. Good word. I would go for nonplussed. I would, I would probably go for um, maybe some pronouns um, first. So Like if you're buying words, you kind of need to. Be able to talk about yourself and other people with the words. Like so you grab those. Yeah, yeah I. Yeah, uh, and then maybe some simple verbs and nouns. Mm.
0: You know, one way change your question. I like this a lot. This word a lot. I use it a lot. Too much probably It's the word ostensibly or ostensible. Ostensible, yeah. Yeah. I like that word a lot. I don't know why. What about balderdash? Balderdash is a great word. I mean. How can you not like the word balderdash? What about... People who don't... To, you know what I say to people who don't like the word balderdash? Balderdash.
1: You're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, about d- <laughs> what about certified? Ratified? Ratified. <laughs> Peeps. <laughs> <laughs> Zaps.
0: Um, those z- are yeah. those both are onomatopoeia brands. That's true. That's true. Um... We should start a candy called onomatopoeia. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the packaging? It's, it's, oh, man. Every, letter, every candy in it or whatever the thing is, is a letter. It's in the shape of a letter, a different letter. Like animal crackers, but letters.
1: I, this is great.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else that you liked in this book? Like, uh, wh- What are you enjoying about this book so far through four chapters?
1: Um, I like that, uh, well, the wordplay is great. The figurative language is great. Um, and also... I like that we're getting a sense of the characters. So, like, uh, Milo went through, met the weatherman first, kind of left the weatherman. He met the chameleon people and left them. But, like, now, like, talk has kind of stayed with him for a little bit of the story. Mm -hmm. And you see a little bit of his personality. He seems kind of wise or at least, like, discerning (laughs) in a way like a lot of the other characters aren't. And And you're talking about talk. Yeah, about talk. And so at the end of Chapter 3... Milo says, "I never knew words could be so confusing." Uh, and he scratches. Talk's ear. and Talk says, "Only when you use a lot to say a little." Answered Talk, and I wonder mm. if that's also why he's nonplussed in the word market, just seeing people buying as many words as they can, and all this. And he's mm. he don't he's, need all these words. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's maybe, or maybe he thinks they're wasting time. And we know Talk doesn't. That's like... That's true. Like, he was. Waste, he's very concerned
0: uh, about wasting time.
1: Anything jump out at you in these chapters?
0: Well, a pile of words is the <laughs> thing seems to be seems to be jumping out um the stuff on time actually was pretty interesting uh because you know it is true that we only have so much time here on this earth not to get into anything too dark. So what are you doing listening to this podcast <laughs> uh but it's a good reminder that you know. Not to make it like a moral of the story, but how we use our time matters, and and like the words that we use matter. Yeah, and, we and that, be conscious of those things. And that seems
1: like it would be very applicable to Milo, who before he came um, into this place was yeah. not conscious of much at all.
0: He was the kind of person who would have been friends with the people who came up with lazy words.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One thing I'm I'm really liking this book, and I'm and it's kind of. Like, I read a lot. You read a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can read? (laughs) (laughs) I don't read a lot of books like this. And I don't know what like this means. Blue books? But uh, it kind of pulls me out, and it's a little jarring from, like, my normal reading. Mm. It reminds me a little bit of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it reminds me a little bit of Pilgrim's Progress. Hmm. And, uh, there was one more I was thinking of too. And I was like, what are, I don't actually know what this kind of genre is called. Hmm. It's not, like, not quite allegory. It's not, it's, it's a quest in kind of a strange land. Yeah. There's um, a
0: story to it, but it's, it's still, it, it, it's, it's, there's like a fantastical element to it.
1: It's almost like a bit of nonsense.
0: <sighs> like, no wonder we're doing it on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> This, now, now it makes sense. Is this the patron book of Withy the Wendell? The patron book point? of Withy Wendell. That's a great question. We, we should think about that. I think, I think it may have to be on the short list of patron, patron books of, of, of uh, Withy Windle. Well, Graham, this brings us to the end of book time. Let's interview some authors. Let's do it. All right. This week's guest is Remy Wilkins. Remy Wilkins is a guy. He is a guy who writes books books like strays and hush hush which is his newest one he is a really fun guy to talk to he lives out in idaho his bio says that he was born on one side of the mississippi river and lives on the other which makes me wonder if he just was born one side got on a raft and went to the other like do you think that's
1: that's what i'm taking he from just this. really
0: likes the mississippi river but he didn't like that side of the mississippi river so he went just went across or he waited till it was frozen and then walked
1: oh call back to an old riddle
0: there <laughs> exactly exactly he is a teacher in louisiana and he also has five boys, and his bio here says that uh, they like to raise a ruckus. I believe him. Which sounds oh, sounds about right. Uh, it doesn't take five boys to raise a ruckus, but I can't imagine the ruckus that five boys raise. It, uh, very ruckus-y. A lot of onomatopoeias. Ruck, ruckus. The most ruckus of ruckus. So we had a great time chatting with Remy Wilkins. Would you like to give, since this is kind of like the spirit of this episode with this with this book, would you like to give one word to describe our conversation with Remy Wilkins, that is not wonderful, fun, or onomatopoeia. Anti
1: rantipole.
0: <laughs> Anti rantipole. Anti. So we that was a that was a word on the one of our interviews once. I can't believe that that came to mind immediately. Anti-Rantipole So Rantipole was the word which meant a wild or reckless person So you're saying that he is the antithesis The opposite of a wild reckless person At least in the conversation
1: Semi-anti-Rantipole
0: <laughs> There we go, I feel better about that now. <laughs> Well, I think that means we had a great time Chatting with Remy Wilkins we did. We did. Without further ado then uh, Before this episode gets too Rantipole-y is uh, our conversation With Mr. Remy Wilkins <laughs> All right, we are here with author Remy Wilkins. Remy, thank you so much for coming on the show, for answering questions from the kids, maybe a few from us, and uh generally um, you know, allowing yourself to be um put through the the ringer here on the on the podcast.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. That's so what they all say at the beginning of the show. <laughs> I might even be regretting to be here. At this yeah, it's, it won't take
0: long. It will not take long. Uh, speaking of which, we always start with the same question. Back in the very first episode, we were asked a question that seemed so important that we have to ask it of every guest at the beginning of every interview. Are you ready for the most important question you're going to be asked on this podcast? Yes, sir. Cheetos or Doritos?
2: Oh, man. Uh, I, uh, Cheetos, but I don't like to touch them. So I eat them with uh, I eat them with uh, chopsticks. So, or well, at least you didn't say a fork. <laughs> no, no forks. I'm not a, I'm not a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so let's take a step back. Okay,
0: you like Cheetos, but you don't like the powdery texture.
2: I, I would if, if there are Cheetos in front of me and a bowl of Doritos. I would if chopsticks are readily available. Eat the Cheetos. So you,
0: what about you? Won't eat Doritos (laughs) either way, chopsticks or otherwise.
2: Well, I'm not. You know, I'm I'm not opposed to Doritos, but if I'm picking, I would go Cheetos every time.
0: I think picking is exactly what you'd be doing when you're picking up a a Cheeto with a chopstick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is incredible. I think we need to. We need to savor the, the fingers.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The I don't like the the dust. It's it's too much for. it. Right, so, what other foods
0: that do you eat with a with chopsticks because of their textures?
2: Uh, Besides, like things are uh, supposed
0: to eat I mean, chopstick noodles.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, yeah, I, I, I appropriately use chopsticks as well. But uh, no, I, I don't really think. I think it's just Cheetos that that re- required uh, chopsticks, uh, but. I hate the smell of of uh, peanut butter on my hands. Like my my only mutant ability is to uh, smell everything on my hands, no matter how many times (laughs) I wash them. Uh, Mm. It's not a great power, so uh, I try not to touch Cheetos. I try not to touch peanut butter. Um, I'm weird about that. So, Mm. So, but after that, I'm totally normal. Okay.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, says everybody. Uh, So, um, okay, so you're
2: cooking. Do you cook? Uh, no, I, I have to say no. Otherwise, my wife will be upset. I'm be, I have I'm be, fed I'm be, that my family surprising. for a week um, and they've all survived. <laughs> you have, you have at
1: least cooked one thing in the past.
2: Yes, yes. Yep. Got it. It would be difficult to be
0: someone who cooks regularly and like really be bothered by when the smells of things oh, are yeah. in your hands—that would be a challenge. Yeah,
2: that's that's why I wouldn't say I cook because raw chicken—I just I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, I don't. It's just I don't want to eat after dealing with certain raw foods.
1: Okay, fair, fair. Okay. I'm I'm uh, I'm right there with you, Remy.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: He, weirdly, Graham also eats Cheetos with chopsticks.
1: <laughs> I, I will now. This is I've, you're blowing my mind.
2: Uh, yeah, it's it's a great life hack, and it also slows you down. Otherwise, you you eat way too many. Yeah,
1: cheetos. and I mean, they, do they
2: have to be chopsticks. <laughs> I feel like you could just do sticks
1: or pencils. Like I'm not a barbarian. What, what is? Yeah, this? come on, <laughs> Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry.
0: <laughs> cheetos with chopsticks though is um, needs to be the name of like a sonnet or a story or something. <laughs> All right, we'll work on that. So, okay, are you a uh, cookies or cake person?
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, I eat things. I, I do like cookies. My my thing with cookies is they must be cooked. Uh, my wife will frequently make. Okay. She calls them cookies, but they're actually cookies because they're just chocolate and, and oatmeal or peanut butter, and it's that you put them on a on a, the, the the wax paper and let them. Oh yeah, yeah. I hate cookies. Well, I don't hate. Them. I mean, again, it's still chocolate and sugar, and it's fine. But they're not cookies, yeah. so I want cooked. So that that's my my thing on cookies.
0: So just raw things in general are not seem those seem super desirable for you.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a. I don't want to touch those things. Maybe I should use chopsticks for cookies. That's that's the new. It, it might not be firm enough, though. <laughs> That's it, yeah. It, that's the problem. It
0: might be a little bit gloopy when you pick it up. It just kind of like gravity would take over.
2: Yeah, yeah. I like the brownie edges. You know, the 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 inside. I, I would eat entirely the edge and be totally. Dark. Have you considered just eating cake? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I like that crisp. I like that crunch. Oh, okay. There's there's okay. very few crunchy cakes.
1: So, uh, Remy, when you are making toast, is it very dark brown?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, my, my, my children say I burn the toast when it is, you know, toasted. So when it I is properly so. <laughs> toasted. I, it's we're, toasted, we're right. on the
1: same wavelength. Here.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing. So now I'm coughing. So, okay. Are you a coffee or a tea guy?
2: Again, I'll drink both, but, uh, I do drink a lot of coffee. I, I teach. That's one of the, the benefits is, uh, the, the, the coffee station is, uh, is always there for me. So I take advantage. Have you tried coffee with chopsticks yet? No, it hasn't. I don't have to touch it anymore. I used to work in a coffee shop yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, and I grew to hate that I would take a shower and, you know, I could smell fresh coffee as I, you know, get the, the coffee grinds uh, washing off me. Uh, I did not enjoy that.
1: Yep. Yeah. David also used to work in a coffee shop. I worked
0: in a coffee shop for about three or four years in college. And by the time I was done, all I associated the smells and tastes of coffee with was like 6 a.m. and people who were annoying. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so I it took me like 10 years to get to the point where I was like, Coffee is like, you know, like really excited about coffee again.
2: Yeah. So, so you're a tea yeah. guy, is that what you're saying? Well, no, actually I'm now I'm back to coffee. <laughs>
0: okay i right. regularly try it with chopsticks just lick it off the <laughs> chopstick <laughs> so okay in general though, it takes
1: it, it takes david a very long time to get through a cup of coffee
0: well, <laughs> that's a, just a fact anyway um but uh okay last food question here at least at least at least planned food question um okay are, are you do you prefer savory food or sweet food
2: uh I, I i go savory i mean i i i like a, a, a treat i'm i'm southern um a meal is not complete until you've had dessert but frequently that that overly sugar uh will will cause me to want to eat a, a piece of toast or pickle or something i, I, I don't know i, I can't ever s- stop with just sugar um so i guess that makes me more savory guy
0: yeah i guess i guess I guess so. But could you combine the two and then just cut out a step
2: and put it on a, on a chopstick and, you know, just, just have it like a kebab, I guess. Yeah, Yeah.
0: exactly. Pickle,
2: skittle, pickle, (laughs) skittle. Here we go. Uh, pickle flavored skittles just just cut it all out (laughs) yeah exactly
1: let's give uh remy an opportunity here um to talk a little bit about his newest book uh which i believe came out in december is that right remy
2: that's correct it was uh delayed from uh by all the the hijinks of 2020 but it was yeah of course released within 2021 of course.
1: So, yeah, when we have authors on, we like to give them a chance to just kind of give an elevator pitch uh, or a little synopsis of
2: what their their newest book is or what they're working on. And so yeah. yours is Hush, Hush. Hush, Hush. It's a story of a, a girl that moves to an island in Mis- the Mississippi River. Uh, she moves in with her her grandmother. She's She uh, has trouble making friends. She has an invisible friend. Uh, and uh, through some mysterious circumstances, I guess I should say a mysterious uh, character uh, tells her that uh, he can make her invisible friend real, and uh, this leads to all sorts of problems, and uh, as she uncovers a a darker secret. Um, I'm not great at selling, selling my book, but that might be the the best I've ever done on, on pitching it. I usually just make well, a hash. I heard of the word mystery. I think I heard secret. That's island. pretty much, that's what do we need that's more? the island in the Mississippi River. Yes.
1: Imaginary friend.
2: Imaginary or at least friend. invisible. So, uh, it's, I mean, if I'm giving my log line, it's invisible friends meets body snatchers. So that's the, the single sentence pitch. Where'd you get this idea from? Uh, I had a conversation with uh one of my good friends uh Joshua Gibbs back in the day. I think y'all oh, yeah. know of his good buddy Joshua. of ours. Yeah. Yeah. Um he uh he and I were talking about invisible friends and I think we both had invisible friends. Uh and uh and he made a comment about how uh um, he thinks uh, uh invisible friends are carving out a little memory hole for your future spouse, right? um and uh, so it, so it was, huh. that was a conversation we had in a college um and uh and so I had always kind of reflected on it and and uh, this this story kind of popped out from that how long did it take you to write uh i it, it took me 2 years so i i, I teach so yeah. I have the summers off for a time i was working with my father in law he's a farmer but after I worked seven summers and paid off my wife, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, he hired skilled labor. So I had to find something to fill my time. Uh, so I, I started writing, uh, novels in the summer. Um, I had just finished, uh, strays, which is my first yeah. novel. Uh, and so I just jumped in the next, uh, that next summer, um, and, you know, my process is uh, to to write it and then toward the end discover a enormous flaw in the whole story. <laughs> uh, so I have to fall into a dark depression over Christmas and and patch it up. And then the next summer I finish it. Uh, that happened with both strays and hush hush, where I thought I had everything planned out and, and uh, get writing it. And then I realized, oh, no, this thing I overlooked uh, doesn't make any sense. So Um, It took two summers uh, and then I rewrote it probably four other times polishing and, and switching some things around. Uh, And I even did it because uh, it was supposed to come out, I think in the spring of 2020 or or the summer of 2020. And uh, then things got derailed in the publishing industry. Mm. So I took that opportunity uh, again, suggested by my editors to, to rework it again. So I ended up doing that last year and got it into them the summer of last year. Okay. And just the backlog took it until December before it came out. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. So three summers to say to to write it, but the, that's a lot of time in between thinking and mulling. I haven't been able to write all that much during the school year. It's just too draining. Yeah. Um and uh and so I mostly reserve the writing for uh the spring or the summer, rather. Who who do you see as like the like the the tar, like the ideal age
0: group for your, for your book, like it's for kids, but who's like the ideal audience person.
2: Well, so I, I wrote these, let's see, I, you know, uh, both strays and hush hush were close to six years ago when, when I, you know, finished the manuscript Uh, again, they were dramatically different before they saw print, but I was just writing for my, my sons. I have five boys and both, both, Strays and Hush Hush started out as just a little fairy tale. I started telling my kids kind of simple, silly stories as they went to bed. This was before they were ready to uh, to um, have me read to them. So once they hit that age, I started reading Narnia and series of unfortunate events, and you know some of the other uh, classic uh, kids classics that I missed, as well as you know obviously bringing in the ones that I love, Tolkien. that my dad read that to us. so I started reading to them. But I still had a couple of those those stories that I told told them, and uh, so that's when I had that summer to write. I I took one of them and and uh, I thought I called it young adults. Uh, but in the time that I finished the the novel, uh, middle grade had become a, a genre, um, and apparently the driving factor in middle grade is uh, the age of the protagonist. And so my protagonist was younger. So it fit into middle grade, uh, which then caused a bunch of moms to say that my book was way too scary. Well, Strays was way too scary (laughs) for middle grade. But it's because I wasn't writing for middle grade. I was writing for for my boys and uh, they thought it was great. They didn't think it was too scary. But again, my boys are probably different from uh, a lot of people. So uh, i wasn 't aiming particularly for anything, yeah. uh, aside from just hitting where my boys were yeah yeah well it- well that leads that leads really
1: well into um, one of the questions we got sent in, <coughs> which is how would
2: you describe
1: the types of stories that you tell
2: well i mean it 's the sort of stories that i I wanted. I wanted something that had a, a particular uh, flavor, so I guess they were southern. Um, you know the both both Strays and Hush Hush are set um, in areas that I I I grew up in. I I was born in Mississippi, so uh, the Mississippi River was a, a, a constant. Um, I mean, I didn't visit it necessarily, but it was just a constant presence in my imagination. Uh, and then Strays is set in Alabama, where my uh, grandmother lived. Uh, so having that that uh, southern setting for the the kids stories uh, there's a there's a spiritual component to it as well I mean both both of uh, my first two books have that uh, uh, beyond the physical uh, threat that uh, I, I, I it wasn't a particular conscious decision to to think oh I need to have uh, or I want to have that as the the, the bad guys uh, but my imagination does tend to Uh, slant to villains that are bigger than just physical threats Um, so both strays and hush hush uh, draw on that that uh, side of my imagination Hmm. what kind of books were you reading when you were like a kid that inspired you to become a
0: writer like were they the same kind of books or did you have were you mainly reading like historical fiction but somehow became a writer you know something else (laughs) Yeah, I
2: mean, again, Dad read uh, the uh, Lord of the Rings to us. We, Narnia. Um, George MacDonald was was a, a, a author that that I enjoyed. Um, so a lot of uh, fantasy uh, growing up, um, and then I uh, started reading uh, science fiction. Uh, where uh, you know, so I got into the Star Wars books uh, when those started coming out in the mid nineties. So you know, my my um, uh, my reading was all over the the uh, children's literature into uh, into sci-fi um, as I grew a little bit older. Do you have a favorite thing to read now to your kids? Yeah, I mean, besides I, I, your own books, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I have uh, enjoyed you know reading the things that I love to them. So George MacDonald and Tolkien and. Uh, we did. We we read Harry Potter. I, I didn't read it when it was coming out. I was that was when I was working at the coffee shop, and and so I would see people come in with with these books. Um, so, I, I, and obviously, I was aware of the, the the cultural significance of Harry Potter. I didn't read them until my my own uh, boys were ready for them. Um, so we read that and and a series of unfortunate events, which I which I also really loved. So it, it was. It's kind of been a way of me uh, keeping up with the the children's literature, as well as introducing, you know, the the favorites that I had that my dad read to me. So that's that's how I've approached it. There's been no master plan. If someone says, "Oh, you should read this book. Your kids will like it," I'll throw it in the pile, and um, whatever whatever strikes my fancy when we finish one. We, we read that next. So. When you're pulling a book off the shelves, you use chopsticks? <laughs> no, I'm, I love the feel of, of, okay. of, of books and okay. the smell all of right. books. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> Do you read to your
1: kids all at once? Like all five of them together?
2: Well, I, I fired my oldest boy, so I have a... Um, 18-year-old now and a 16-year-old. Uh, wow. um, and I was I was reading The Lord of the Rings. Uh, we, we had made it halfway through the return of the king, but because of, you know, their lives are getting busier, we were only reading once a week. Um, and so, it was just taking forever. And, you know, at that point, I had some younger kids, and, you know, a couple of them weren't quite ready for Tolkien. So, I fired him. I said, "You're on your own now." And and I started reading uh, to the to the younger kids, so uh, which is fun. I uh, one of them was around when I read Strays way back in the day. This was you know printed out version, and I'm marking it up to uh, in a rewrite, uh, which would annoy the boys. They wanted me to read the story, and I'm you know crossing things out. Um, but he was there for that. But he mostly fell asleep, so he doesn't. Well, he's since read it uh, on his own. Must album, have been but. encouraging. Right. Well, he was three. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, dying then. Yeah. Well, the, so then he he he's asked if we can read it again. So that's oh, fine. Okay. And, and I've got two more that are younger, so they re- weren't um, weren't around for the first reading. So uh, we hadn't done it yet, but we'll probably read. I'll probably read them my books uh, at, at, at some point. But there's so much to get through. I I, I don't want to you know, just capitalize just because it's mine. Yeah. Yeah. I did uh, write it for them, so I, I will read it. and I won't feel bad about it. <laughs> that was for them. So yeah, makes sense. Happy to do it for them.
1: So um, Remy, we got an interesting question from Ezra and it's about process. Mm. He asks, can authors be surprised by their books?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I've, I've been fascinated uh, by, uh, by the, the, the process of, of uh, writing and, and setting up a character and, and getting a feel for who, who they are and then seeing what happens when you sit the, set them down in various um, settings. Um, I've had characters that I had an idea for where they should go and what should happen to them. And they just won't fit in that path, and they mm. they diverge. I, I you know I came across a a letter from Tolkien. Someone wrote in and asked, uh, you know, why did Gandalf do this or that? And he wrote back and said, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll read and and find out. And so he read through his books and then wrote back saying something like, uh, I, "Okay, here's what I think Gandalf was doing or saying." And I, I love that secondary authorship that that you're submissive to the characters where they're given a life and it's it's not man, they're not manhandled they're they're they become uh these these real figures that you submit to as an author so definitely um I've had that experience where characters have grown bigger than i imagined uh and do things that mess up things later on in the book so um, it's it's exciting as and and Exhilarating and all the rest to to have that happen. Hmm.
1: I love that idea of like having to consult a character that you've made.
2: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like
1: to to figure out what he's going to do.
2: He he needs to have his input. Rounded. I mean, we we don't even act consistent and logical in every situation. So uh, if an author were to have a character that's just this uh, robotic. where everything he does is considered and measured and, you know, exactly consistent with all of his previous decisions, I mean, it would be boring. It wouldn't be real to us to, to even see that. Hmm. So having that, that submissive attitude toward your characters where they're just bigger than your assumptions, um, bigger than your plans for them. Uh, I think that makes it all the more dynamic. Hmm. Hey, speaking of being submissive, our mutual friend, Sean Johnson asked, when are you going
0: to come visit him?
2: Uh, This summer, I hear he is moving back to Pensacola, and uh, so yeah, he's fixing something amazing for me. I know, and I look forward to eating it. That is true. The man can cook. The man can cook. He 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 is not afraid to touch some cheetahs. Let (laughs) me tell you, no,
0: that is definitely he not eating cheetahs with chopsticks. (laughs) Well, it Graham, I think we got. I think we're to that point in the in the interview here where where you got some. We got we got a special quiz, right?
1: We have a quiz. Oh,
0: it's quiz. a very
1: serious quiz. Actually, David's not seen this quiz. I have not. So, David, why, why don't you set up what this quiz is about?
0: Uh, it's, uh, it's, um, it's, a quiz. <laughs> it's a quiz about quantum yep. physics.
1: Uh, that's um, good. The, yes, that's my expertise. The Seventh
0: Amendment and Ooh. the relationship between the North Carolina Cardinal and the dogwood tree.
2: All right. These are all things I majored on. So, so Graham's got questions on things related to those topics.
1: It's uncanny how close you were <laughs> to none of, none of what the quiz is about. Oh, yes.
2: Yeah. All
1: right. So, Remy, your book is entitled Hush Hush. Mm. So this is a hush hush quiz, but it is not a quiz where we quiz the author about his own book. This is a quiz about very quiet things. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Yeah, but (laughs) we're gonna do the whole quiz in vain. Hush, (laughs) stop whispering everything. Which one of these is the quietest? Is it
0: actually a quiz? We're halfway through each question. I go, hush.
1: (laughs) No, please don't do that. (laughs) You throw me off my rhythm. Sorry. Which you already have. Question number one. Which of these things is the quietest? A child who has just sneaked a snack and does not want to be found. That's option A. Option B, a feather alighting on a cotton ball. Option C, the sound the audience made after I did my stand-up routine in a particularly unpleasant dream in 2014.
2: (laughs) The the correct answer is is actually D uh, the house mm. in which the witch has stopped dancing. That's the quietest thing. that's, oh. that's, a, that's an old folklore huh. uh, poem. Uh, yeah, I, I, it, it can't be the child uh, because I've been that child, and, no, uh, and you get found. You, know, you you think now if you had said what what feels the quietest or to the child that is definitely ultra silent, but it, it's not. And having five boys, I, I've, I've heard uh, how loud that, that activity can be, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the, 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 uh, the cotton ball and the feather. I just, it's, it's a lovely image, regardless of whether it's true. That, that
1: answer is acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> Question number two, <laughs> this
2: is where it starts to
0: heat I wanna, up. I want to hear more mm. about Graham's up though.
1: No, this, You don't. And you won't be able to because the silence was deafening. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, Question number two is about snails. Hmm. Snails. That shelled gastropod and symbol of lethargy, which produces no audible sounds. One of the few animals. Hmm. Question. What's the deal with that and what are they hiding? Go.
2: (laughs) Man, I don't know if you've seen any uh, medieval manuscripts. Uh, snails are all over, and uh, they're, they're they're very vicious. I mean, they're they're uh, constantly attacking these poor monks. So, uh, I, I, I mean, clearly they have dark secrets. This is
0: such a good point. I feel like this has not been talked about enough.
2: I know.
1: I for hundreds of years great. they've
0: gotten away with it.
1: So and do you think maybe they've been beaten into su- such submission that they're just clandestinely I mean, we, we slim- sliming owe, around?
2: Yeah, we clearly owe the medievals a, a, a great uh debt for having uh, domesticated <laughs> the the terrible snails. You know, I've no never question. I've never thought about it this way.
0: In
1: fact, I've never thought about this at all, but it's <laughs> it's a, it's a great point. <laughs> Question three. This is actually a real one. Um, The quietest (laughs) place on Earth is in an echoic chamber at Orfield Laboratories in Minnesota. So it's a specialized room that is so silent, the background noise is actually measured in negative decibels. Okay. What is the longest? It's actively
2: taking sounds (laughs) out of your ear. That's what that sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: What is the longest amount of time anybody's lasted inside this room?
2: Oh, I mean, it 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 can't be more than five minutes. Here's the here's here's your uh, here's your multiple choice. Oh, I I got this.
1: A eleven hours.
2: No, no, there's no way.
1: B twenty three seconds, or C
2: forty five minutes. Oh man, I mean, forty five minutes would be a long, unless you're napping. Uh, it'd be a great place to nap. So if it's a mom, uh it would easily be 45. But yeah, I, I don't know. It makes me want to say the 23 seconds. Is that? Or did someone make it 45 minutes? Are you leaning to are you leaning to option C? That, I'm going to go was it 45 minutes? Yeah, I'm going to go with 45 minutes if you're or no, no, you're tricking me. Uh the 23 seconds. <laughs> I am
1: not tricking you. You got it's 45 minutes. All right. Yeah, I was yeah, you were you were looking at me and I was throwing mm-hmm. you off. Okay. But you're correct right. and I bet a mom I bet a mom could do a, a cool they're 11 hours. Now. Even, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're tired.
2: <laughs> you they do the 11 hours. You just fall asleep.
1: And now I really want to go to this chamber. I wonder if they let people into it just
2: off I've the heard street. people going down uh into a, a mining shaft and they briefly Turn off the lights, uh, and and they have to go through this long. It's okay, you're not falling. You know, touch the wall or touch the rail, so you you know. But people can't f- physically be in that that um, dark for that long. Uh, mm. They they feel disoriented, um, and uh, and so they they can't go for more than ten seconds before someone starts to scream. Apparently. Mm. Uh, a phys- it's, it's so dark, it's, you can feel it on your skin, apparently. So, wow.
0: That needs to be in one of your stories.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. that—that It's a hush-hush. It's even <laughs> hushier.
1: <laughs> do you that have, got really dark. Uh, do you have any dark. more questions for the quiz? Question number four. Mm. Murmur or mutter? Which is quieter and why?
2: Murmur. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with, are you saying mudder with D's or with no, T's? No, with T's, mutter. Okay. Yeah, because mutter is quieter than mutter, I think. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with, uh, Well, I think the correct answer is murmur. Uh, mm. Again, uh, the, uh, you know, to use your lips on that makes it oh. far more silent than having to form the, is that a dental? What is that? Yeah,
1: yeah, that hard T yes. sound.
2: So T's it's more ex, more explosive a sound. So murmur. I think you're correct
1: on that one. All right, last one. Question four. Actually, He's it's killed. question five, but I wrote four killed twice. This quiz. All right, this one's very important. Last question. Okay, so space, the outer <laughs> space. Space is silent because space is a vacuum. And sound waves need air to travel through because the vibration of the molecules is what allows for the sound to travel. So, question. If we here at With You Labs, Labs were working on a machine to just send more molecules into space, you know, so we can play our jams up there, would you invest and how much can we put you down for?
2: <laughs> I mean... It's- no, because uh, it's it's not outer space. It's the deep heavens, and it's full of Dilla, as as C.S. Lewis told us. So uh, you can't be pumping our pop tunes up there. That would uh, obscure the music of the sphere. So okay, you can't okay. Have that. Not only would I not contribute, I would actively uh, try to undermine the program. Okay, yeah, Grant, what a bad I mean, idea.
1: We're definitely not doing it. Um, <laughs> Well, okay, let's good. say we finally get enough molecules. <laughs> I'm thinking. I don't know how many it would take for sound to be in space. Maybe twenty. Twenty molecules. Yeah. Something like that. And we and and, and like as an inevitability, somebody put a boombox in space. What what would we play in space first? What should we play in space first? You're, I, I, I it sounds like you're yeah. saying silence.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know. I you know, part of me wants to play. Uh, the movie alien so that we can finally hear someone scream in space. <laughs> right. That would be, uh, that'd be, that'd be great. So the first I mean, thing we, we play from earth One out of our boom screams. box
1: is screams.
2: No, I, that's a terrible answer. I shouldn't <laughs> say that.
1: But
0: the aliens have already heard the screams. So.
2: Nobody can hear you scream. Isn't that the, that's the tagline for, for alien. So that's right. Nobody can hear you scream in space.
1: Well, Remy, that wraps up the hush hush quiz. I think you eased it, but we will send it off for evaluation. So, in four to six weeks, we'll get like the Scantron back and we'll. Yeah, well, Well, let
2: me know if you get the funding for that so I can actively sabotage.
1: (laughs) All right, we will. I mean, we won't. (laughs) And now we're
0: on to that part of the show where we stop giving away our ideas to people who are going to sabotage them and we do a word of the week instead. So, Graham. As you know, during our break between season two and three, I I um, curated the official Withywindle Wendell Word of the Week Dictionary.
1: It was a nice looking book too. Handsome. And subsequently,
0: the bookstore troll, our old nemesis, he he stole the dictionary from the shelf. I foolishly thought that a shelf in a bookstore would be the place for a book, but he insists otherwise and he has taken... <laughs> has taken the, book, the the dictionary so which of us is going down into the lair to ask for a word this week
1: uh i think it should be you i mean I, I, last time went okay i think you'll be fine okay
0: how about um, we do this remy you pick a number between one and a hundred and whoever gets closest gets to choose whether they go or whether the other person goes i got the number you got the number yes sir. graham you go first
1: I kind of resent that I make a suggestion and you leave it up to chance, but I will go first. It will be 37.
2: 73. Uh, I I always, I shouldn't give away this, but I always go with the number seven, no matter if it's one through 10 or one through a hundred, it's seven. So. so Graham, it's not actually random. If you ask me, <laughs> it's always the same.
0: All
1: right. Well, Graham
0: says, I mean, I'm going
1: I okay. So the listeners can't hear, but um, David is wearing a three-piece suit, and I don't want it to get any slime on it. So I will, um, I will take this one for the team oh, and go confront the troll. True
0: friendship here on the podcast.
2: <laughs> All right, I'll be right back. All right. I was wondering why Graham was wearing a, his swimsuit, <laughs> so that that makes sense now.
1: Okay, David. You're back. You're okay. I'm back. I, uh, I don't have the word yet. Um, once again, he, he needs something in order for me to get that word. And he, is he
0: wants insisting upon himself at this point. He
1: wants somebody, and it seemed like me, um, to do an oil painting of himself to put into his lair. Okay, hold on. So I've got
0: to go. You need to do an oil painting of yourself, or he wants an oil painting of himself?
1: Of himself. He, he wants a picture of himself. Um, for the wall i don't know why i wouldn't wish that on anybody but um so i gotta go buy supplies i gotta go and then gotta do this painting it'll probably take me four to five hours just hold tight i'll be right back okay all right i'm back sorry that took um what did i say five hours it was it looks like it's actually been six sorry about that so but he did give me the word so thanks for your patience.
0: No, yeah, Well, I thought it was a little weird that he wanted you to do a painting because you're the world's slowest painter, it turns out. But uh, anyway, you know. Uh, okay. So the word of the week. Oh, that's an interesting one. Okay. Um, all right. Are you guys ready to write the word of the week down? So did he, did he let you choose the word of the week, Graham, or did he just hand you this slip of paper that was folded up and, and he had chosen the word of the week?
1: No, he yeah, he ripped out that piece of paper and threw it at me. I did not have to choose.
0: <clears throat> okay, so that, that explains the, uh, the, the level of crumpling. Okay, so okay, here is this week's Word of the Week courtesy of the Bookstore Troll. It is... Petty Fogger. Pettifogger. P-E-T-T-I-F-O-G-G-E-R. Pettifogger. We are now going to take a couple of minutes to write them what we think the definition to this word is. We'll be back to reveal our answers, which will obviously
2: be correct.
1: Yep. And I'm going to get up and pace for a minute while I think of it.
0: Graham, are you ready?
1: I'm
0: ready. All right, we're back. We are back to reveal what we think Petty Fogger means, as is our custom here in Withy Window. Graham will go first, and then I will go, and then our special guest will go after that. And once all three of us have revealed what we think the definition is, we will reveal what the actual definition is and see who was closest to the real thing. Graham, what does pettifogger mean?
1: Okay, so pettifogger is a noun, and it's a device. Uh, The pettifogger is what you use. Well, let me describe it a little bit. It looks kind of like a watering can, but it's a little (laughs) more mechanical, and it shoots out like a fine mist, right? Or a fog. But you use it to get... Trolls, out of out of like clothing stores, it's very specific. (laughs) So I, I wish there was one for like bookstores. Yeah, I was gonna say this is yeah. uh, It's just the clothing store troll repellent, really. And
0: and you know now that you mentioned it, if there are bookstore trolls, it does make sense that there would be a haberdashery troll.
1: Mm -hmm, Exactly. I would not advise trying a pettifogger on a bookstore troll. We tried that once. it does not repel them it enrages them well
0: also books don't do great with fog exactly okay well that's well an interesting definition I think it's wrong I think you might have gotten the name of something else mixed up with a person whose whole existence is tied to being mean to his little sister especially on days when she's feeling the most upset about the way her hair looks oh but nobody who's listening here would to this podcast would ever be a petty fogger
1: it's very petty (laughs) Really? Yeah, those
2: are those are both uh, insane and incorrect. <laughs> Petty fogger is the inner button of a Victorian vest that a gentleman would wear.
1: That's where right. I've heard this. The yeah.
2: inner button of a of the a... inner button of a. Victorian gentleman's vest. So is that the button that you use to replace the
0: other button when it pops off because you've had too it's much the, roast? It, it's or the is vestigial
2: it... button. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah. All right.
2: The modern term.
0: Okay. <laughs> <The> vestigial. <laughs> that's that's a word we should probably uh, we should probably do sometime. Okay.
1: But are,
2: if the vest if the
1: vest has an internal inside pocket and it has a button, that's not a penny fogger, right? No, no. No,
2: of course By not. By definition. Of course this not. it's not. <laughs>
0: Okay, are you ready to find out what the real definition is? Let's hear it. Okay, so a petty a petty this is appropriate. A petty fogger is a person who tries to befuddle others with his speech. That's a petty hmm. fogger. Person who tries to befuddle
2: others with his speech. That's that's really disappointing to be honest. I think we all did, outdid reality, all three of us outdid it. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised how often <laughs> 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 How often we get accused of that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, we've got a couple of questions here before we let you go. Um, Graham, which one do you want to ask? You get to choose one of the two final questions.
1: Oh man. Okay, perfect. I want to ask Remy Wilkins what he is working on now, if
2: he's at liberty to tell us. I I am. Uh this 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 is heavily uh self-promotional, but I've uh working on a uh a uh, young adult fantasy epic. Uh, it's currently on uh, Amazon's Kindle Vela format. Uh, it's a uh, it's a fantasy a magical fantasy a, a, a boy who is a a, a young potioner uh, is uh, t- uh, saving there's a, a a plot to destroy magic and he is learning how to uh, well he's he's saving uh, this uh, this process. Uh, wands have entered the world, and it's cheap magic, and it's draining the, uh, the the substance of the world, and and so he's trying to restore the uh, the more ancient magic, which is uh, uh, craft and and art, and um, it's currently on uh, uh, Amazon's Kindle Vela. I'm working on the the print version and the the sequel as well, so. Uh, oh, it's called. I should give I it the a I was going to say you need to tell us um, what we're looking for here. The Magical Quest of Olo Newt is the. The Magical uh, the, Quest of Olo Newt. The Magical Quest of Olo Newt. That sounds great. It's Fantastic. super fun. It's uh, it's one of the one of the uh, the ideas that has just been bouncing around in a long time, and um, Amazon has this. It's a serial formal uh, uh, a format where you just buy coins and you unlock it as you go. It's a, it's a pleasant reading experience if you like reading on a screen. Um, but I know that's not for everyone. So I'm, I'm also putting together the the manuscript uh, currently. So, Well, that, yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So before we let you go, we need to just ask you, do you have
0: any advice for young authors? We've got a lot of kids who are listening who want to be right. writers or um, already are writers. And what would you, what piece of advice would you give to them as they pursue that?
2: Oh man, I have an array of things that I usually say, but the, uh, the one that, that, uh, I think will, if for, for those that are, that are serious about it, uh, find a, one of your favorite books or your favorite book or favorite story. Um, read through it and after each chapter, kind of write a brief, uh, summary, who was there, what they did, but then also note what questions you have right? Mm. What does this person want? Why did this person say this? Why did they do that? You don't have to answer it. Mm. A big part of following a story is carrying those sort of questions. And if you do that after every chapter, which is, again, how you read a book, you should be attending to the details. What is the, uh, what is the What are the characters doing, thinking, saying, has there been anything repeated? That's often how a a uh, writer will signal significance as a pattern or a word or something will will crop up again and again over the course of the novel. And you just take notes at the end of each chapter. It doesn't have to be long or full, but just a quick, this is who it was. This is what happened. Here's some questions that, that are raised by the characters or that I have. Here's some repetitions that I think are significant. And if you do that through uh, a whole book, Uh, you will have uh, blueprints for how a writer is going to, uh, or how a writer approached that story uh, and injected it with interest and mystery and excitement. And uh, that, that, that process, which will weed out a lot of people that just aren't interested in, uh, in the craft of telling a story. Uh, But if you can get through that, not only will that demonstrate your, your willingness to do the work to become a, a, an excellent writer, but also you'll have learned tons on uh, how to tell a story just by doing that. Mm. And I think it's fun to do that, to read a book and break it down. Mm. All right. Last thing before we go,
0: got some great advice, but now it's time for uh, what we call a challenge. Graham, you want to.
1: Yeah, this is a challenge, not a quiz. Right. Um, (laughs) So, so Remy, we like to end each episode by inviting our guests to challenge somebody else Really, it's to come on to this Ins- <laughs> It's not. To challenge somebody else uh, to come on this podcast and spend this quality time with us and endure the gauntlet that is the With The Window podcast. Do you have anybody in mind that you would like to invite on?
0: And then please tell mm. us whether they are a friend or an enemy so we can find out how you felt about this conversation.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Uh... The author of Brave Ollie Possum, Ethan Nicole, would be a great interview. That's, that's a
0: great idea. I have, you, I've, I have not actually read that book, but we do carry it in our store, and I've heard great things. And it's like on my short list of kids' books to read to my kids. So, Graham, have you read that one?
1: Uh, I have not, but I own it. And it is on our to-be-read list. So now it's going to move up. Well,
0: Remy, thank you so much for, for coming on with Ewindle. This has been a, a great time. Uh, hope everybody you know that's listening if they haven't read your books yet, check out Stray's, check out Hush Hush. And if you're too scared, then blame blame Remy. Uh, Remy, thanks for coming on. Well, thanks for
2: having me, guys. This was a lot of fun.
0: And we're back. That was a very anti rantapal conversation.
2: I think so. <laughs>
1: Might have to send it into certify rentable uh, to see <laughs> to, give
0: it, to give it the old to find out for hundred sure. point inspection. Yeah, we'll and, find out in seven to twelve months. Very expensive. So we are here at the uh, the final segment of the podcast, Graham, which is
1: Read all time. real time. you are mixing it up. Yeah, just every time you mix better. it up, it's creepier and creepier. Real time. <laughs> <laughs> real time. There we go. Just bland. So last week, we gave you a riddle. There was a boy named Morton. Mm hmm. Oh, he, Morton. He almost deserved that name. <laughs> went out into the woods with his hammer and nail, as one six year old boy does, found a tree, mm-hmm. put the nail above his head, turned yep. around. Yep. Turned around. Yep. Turned around and and (laughs) hammered the nail into the tree to see how tall he was. Yes. Went back, laid down like Rip Van Winkle, woke up 10 years later. Um, No, I'm sure he was off having other adventures with nails and screws. Maybe added in like a a rake. He's a carpenter, is what you're saying. He comes back, yeah, with the... Carpenter
0: and his rake. (laughs) Carpenter (laughs) likes to garden. I don't know, man. (laughs) You know, sometimes you got to write the leaves (laughs) to get to just like get to the tree that you're cutting. I don't know.
1: And he decided to go back out into those same woods, brought another hammer and nail. Did he bring another hammer and nail? No, it doesn't matter. (laughs) He just went out into the woods. (laughs) He, He found the same tree that 10 years earlier he had used the nail. He drove that nail in to check his height. And we asked... Um, how much higher that nail would be if the tree grew
2: five over the, over the centimeters last, yeah.
1: per year. Yeah, okay. Well, it's not a math riddle. The math does not matter. The answer is that the nail would be at the same height because trees grow wide. You know, they get wider, mm-hmm. and they do get taller, but they grow from the, oh, the top. They don't just keep on growing. That nail is not riding up over the years you know Mm. so that is the answer to this week's riddle you're going to ask me if people got it right they did they did lots of right answers i was very impressed i thought this was a tricky one
0: so then those right answers are getting entered into our pot of right answers and at the end of the season we're going to draw a name to win a book bundle is that correct that is correct so if people want to answer this week's riddle graham i think i know what it is go for it three for three ready it is riddle piddle fiddle At
1: goldberrybooks.com. So close. Like, you were so close. You got the goldberrybooks.com part right. Half. Half. One half point to you. They would (laughs) write us in at podcasts. Oh, yeah, that's right. At goldberrybooks.com. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That does make more sense than riddle, piddle, fiddle. They can send us a pigeon, fix an answer to a pigeon, and write goldberrybooks on the pigeon's underwing, and send it off. And we, I'm sure we'll see. We haven't seen. Oh, no, no. Our first season, we did see three pigeons. We did out. have p-
0: three pigeons. We got out. three pigeons. In. But my thinking is, Obviously. it just takes pigeons a while to fly. It just so. takes so. them a while. And, and most time. of our people are probably sending from Alaska, so like,
1: yeah, it just takes. We a while. have a lot. We we, yeah. we play very well in Alaska. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Well, you know what? Before we go this week, I've got to share with you a new riddle. Can't wait. So that people can send them via
1: those pigeons, email or pigeon. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. So I want to I want to tell you a story. We've got a, a a little girl. Her name. Morton. <laughs> <laughs> Her name is, is Shirley. Her name is Shirley. Shirley, okay. Shirley. Yeah. And she is very excited. Do you know why she's very excited? Surely she is. Because she is going to get to go to Disney World. Oh. In 48 hours in two days 48 years she's 48 years when she's 58 she's gonna go to disney world okay no in in 48 hours she's gonna get to go to disney world
1: not disneyland
0: uh well no she lives in florida so okay well uh, some
1: people like to fly
0: no she lives like around the corner But, but because she lives in florida it's raining oh it does that and she is very excited but she doesn't want the rain to ruin her experience at Disney World.
1: Oh, I bet that company that sponsors so this might
0: have products for this. Probably. So she is. She's up late. It's midnight. She's so excited. I don't. I don't. I don't approve of this, but she's up late at midnight, mm-hmm. and she's so excited. And she's getting nervous because it's raining. If there's a thunderstorm, and she's thinking, please don't let this happen mm-hmm. when I'm at Disney World in two days. Don't ruin my trip disney world mr rain man so she looks at the forecast the forecast for tomorrow and the next day is clear hmm. okay but this is good news will there be sunny weather in 48
1: hours well, um this is i mean it seems obvious but i mean you're saying it's a riddle so it must be more than meets the eye
0: so that's the question. Will there be will there be sunny weather in forty-eight hours? Okay. She wants to go to Disney World, but she doesn't want it to rain on her, and she wants to know if in forty-eight hours it's gonna be sunny weather.
1: And the weatherman seems to indicate that it will be Okay. I like this. Yeah. It's tricky.
0: Alright, if you think you know the answer, fiddle riddle piddle. That, I mean nope, I mean nope, nope, sorry, nope, sorry, nope, sorry. Nope, nope. Uh podcast at goldberrybooks.com. Well, Graham, this has been fun. We've come to the end of another episode of Withy Windle. Third episode of season three. We're marching right along through season three. We've got great guests coming up next week. Thanks so much to our guests so far on this season. Mm -hmm. KD Camillo in episode one. Tim Probert in episode two. And Remy Wilkins here in episode three. Hope you'll tune in for episode four of season three. And in the meantime, if you would like to get in touch with us, as we've been saying the whole episode, it's podcasts at goldberrybooks.com. We would certainly appreciate Also, if you would tell your friends, spread the word and leave us a review on whatever podcast app you get podcasts from unless you're going to leave us a main review
1: kids if you if you've listened this far (laughs) into this show it's true you either like it or your sibling has tied you up (laughs) and made you listen to it as we said on one of the first episodes
0: hey sibling if you tie them up just make them review it (laughs) oh good call
1: yeah, so if you would leave us a review, it helps us get the word out. We we think you guys are amazing. Thank you for listening.
0: Yeah, thanks for all your feedback. Goodbye. And go to bed. That's for my kids. Oh, also, happy reading. Welcome back to Withy Windicle. <laughs> Withy Windicle. Three, two, one.
2: Welcome back to Withy Windicle. Yeah. <laughs>